Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Aberbach, CEO and Publisher. Each episode, we bring to you the best apps, top tips, and great gear in the iOS world. Today, we are going to be talking about iPhone rumors and just event rumors in general, because just in a couple of weeks, Apple is holding its annual fall iPhone event. I cannot believe it's here already. I, I like know. It feels like it just happened, and I'm so psyched. Yeah, the weather just started to change, and with it, I was like, okay, it's, it's fall <laughs> iPhone time. It's exciting. It's Apple season. <laughs> it's Apple season, yeah. So stick around. We'll cover, first of all, the rumored release date, because Apple hasn't officially sent out invites to its fall event yet, but we have... Uh, pretty good idea of the date. Um, Also, when you can start ordering iPhones. And then we have rumors of the iPhone, Apple Watch, and iPad. So you'll know what to expect in those areas. So first, we want to talk to you about a workshop that we're holding. Uh, We, if you go to, let's see, we created a special link, iphonelife.com slash iOS 13 prep. prep. Okay, okay that, let me say that again. We did that and you just said I created it, so I had it in my mind. iPhoneLife.com slash iOS 13 prep. Jinx, okay. no, go yes. ahead. <laughs> so if you are, are planning on upgrading to or updating to iOS 13, which we recommend everybody does, you'll have a few things that you want to do first to make sure that your phone's ready because it requires you to do an iCloud backup first. It requires you to have enough space on your iPhone to get the new operating system. So we're holding a special workshop where we're going to help you get your phone ready. It's going to be September 4th, so that's next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time. And so if you go to iOS, uh, iphonelife.com slash iOS 13 prep, you can go and sign up and hang out with us there as we help you get your phone ready. Yeah, we'll be there. It'll be live, so you can ask us any questions you have. We'll walk you through things like iCloud backup, making sure your Apple ID is in order. Uh, we also are going to give you a sneak peek of iOS 13. Don mm-hmm. and I are both running iOS 13. We can show you what dark mode looks like, tell you some of the pros and cons. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, for those of you that are bad at time zones, 3 o'clock Central Standard Time is 4 o'clock Eastern Time, 1 mm-hmm. o'clock Pacific Time. <laughs> and, yeah, the great thing about this workshop, I've had so many friends complain to me when I when the next operating system comes out that they don't have the space on their phone to get it. It turns into sort of a headache. Yeah. And so this is nice. This is going to be at least a week, if not two weeks, ahead of the release of it. So you'll just be, like, ready to go once Apple releases the operating system, which is really nice. Then you can just update without any issues. So we think this workshop is going to be super helpful, and we're excited to hold it for you guys. And come hang out with us. Yeah. (laughs) iPhoneLife.com slash iOS 13 prep. If for any reason you're confused, you can also go to iPhoneLife.com slash podcast, and we will link to it in the show notes. David is now going to tell us about our sponsor for this episode, Remo. I'm really excited to tell you about the sponsor because it's perfect timing. I've installed their product in my house and I'm testing it for my smart home article. Oh. Remo has smart doorbells. Uh, The one I'm using is the Remo S. It's really affordable. It's $99. You set it up. Uh, It works like a doorbell, but you have a video camera on it. Nice. And you have two-way talk. So it's really cool because... It really adds an extra layer of security. You can see who's at your door before you go to your door. It also has motion detection. Mm. So, like, even if I'm not home, I get a notification on my phone that says motion detected, and I can go and see who's there. So it's not only good as a doorbell, but, like, it's a basically security camera. They have 
cloud storage so you can see up to three-day history of who's come to your house. So let's say somebody steals your Amazon package, you can see it. Um, and David, so really upping your smart home game. Oh my gosh, I have so much smart home stuff right now. We're, we're working on the buyer's guide and I am doing the smart home article. I had handyman in my house for three hours on Sunday really? installing smart home stuff. I am not handy. Uh, Neither am I. So, okay, which leads me to a good point. Mm -hmm. This I had to pay to install because I'm really not handy. It's a <laughs> wired doorbell, but they have a new doorbell, which is the Remo W, and it comes with a digital chime, so you don't need to wire it into your home the same way, which oh, is really nice. That, yeah, that's what I would need. Uh, the, so the, if you want the affordable option, you go with the Remo S, $99. The Remo W, I believe, and I'm sorry if I got the naming structure wrong, has the chime. It also has full HD uh, video, which is really nice. Uh, and it has motion detection that's heat based. So I do mm. sometimes get some false alarms on my Remo S. Um, but my partner and I are kind of like obsessed with this, like, cause it, it tells us anytime there's mo motion and we'll like hop on. And like the other day it was like, I was at work and it was like, there's motion. And I looked and it, it was my partner's son getting the mail and I'm like, hi. And I'm like talking to him. That's cute. But can I tell you a really funny story that yeah. something that happened? So we uh, got what we thought was a false alarm of like motion outside our house. And like, just for fun, my partner gets, cause it's two way talk. You can get on you can be like, She's just like, go away, don't come to our house. And like thinking we were talking to no one. And then all of a sudden we see in the video, someone was walking by our house and it was like a little kid walking by the house. And all of a sudden they just start sprinting. Like they <laughs> Literally like ran away from our house in terror. Because Hannah is sitting there being like, leave, don't come to our house. Oh my God, that's amazing. So it's like a pretty loud microphone. You can just carry on a conversation <laughs> with them. It's it's really fun. I really recommend it. $99 is so affordable. Like, it, it's a really great product. Yeah, I want one now. Yeah, it's making the roundup for sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Remo, that is what you should check out for our sponsor. Um, next, I want to tell you about our daily tip newsletter. For those of you who aren't already signed up, if you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tip, you get a one-minute uh, one tip each day in your inbox that teaches you something cool you can do with your phone that you most likely didn't know about already. So uh, if you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tip, that's how you can sign up. It's completely free, very low investment way to start learning more about your phone. And as we are getting ready for iOS 13 to come out, for all those of you who are not already on the beta, mm -hmm. this is the perfect time. If you're not already on it, like we will teach you how to use iOS 13 one minute at a time. We'll have tips every day. Uh, and I'm assuming getting ready to talk about Insider, right? Yes. But first, I want to tell you about our favorite tip this week. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> my favorite tip this week is how to quickly jump to the top of an app. And this is something that probably you actually might already know about this one, but it's one that I always forget about. And it's really simple. It's like most apps this works in. Um, Safari is one that it definitely works in. You tap the top of your screen, the top center of your screen when you're, you're like scrolled down partially in a page and it'll just jump you to the top of the page again. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't realize that this works in a lot of different apps. Yeah. So that was a handy one. One that it doesn't jump you to the top of a conversation, but um, one app that it's useful in is Messages. Mm -hmm. If you tap the center there, it'll take you back a day. 
Oh, that's cool. And so to like dump you one day and then you can go check like the last like day that you guys messaged and it'll take you to the top of that thread. Um, And that's, that's nice instead of, cause like you can text people text so much these days. I mean, I have like really, really long threads with people and it is helpful to like, if I'm looking for something that I said to someone a few days ago. The the app that I use it the most on is mail. Cause like I'll, I'll open oh. up my mail app and I'll be scrolling down and you get pretty deep pretty quickly in your mail app and just to bounce the top by tapping it. The other one is Instagram. Like if I'm pretty mm. deep in an Instagram like dive and I want to just get back to the top to view the stories or just see the new, uh, the new whatever Post. posts in my feed, then it's really quick and easy. Most of you, I'm sure, at one point knew this, but this is one of the things I love about Tip of the Day is it's nice to have these reminders. In case you aren't utilizing that, it's a really useful UI tip for Apple mm-hmm. for iPhones and iPads. So that is uh, my favorite tip of the week. And now we'll get into talking about what David <laughs> was saying. Um, so as David said, iOS 13 is coming out in a couple of weeks. If you sign up for the free newsletter, you'll get daily tips that'll teach you how to use, you know, you'll get little tips each day on how to use iOS 13. But we're also releasing an iOS 13 guide. And so this is an in-depth guide, has a bunch of videos, a downloadable PDF that will give you everything you need to completely learn the new operating system in a fun, easy to use way. And that's part of our insider subscription. We have a premium educational subscription for iPhone users that helps you master your iPhone called iPhone Life Insider. If you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount, you can get $5 off your annual subscription. So now is the perfect time to sign up for Insider because this is really like the best time of the year where everyone's getting their new operating systems. A lot of you are going to get new phones. We'll also have guides for you to help you learn how to use all the new features on your phone, whether that's hardware or software. iPads, too. We're coming out with an iPad guide. So now is the time to sign up, uh, and you'll have everything. You'll be all prepared for everything new that's coming your way so you don't fall behind and get frustrated using your phone. And sign up now because the day that iOS 13 comes out, we release the guide that day. So a lot of times mm-hmm. we do big promotions around that time. People wait a week or two to sign up because they don't see our promotions right away. Get ready now. Come to the workshop. Get ready for iOS 13 to come out. And then the day it comes out, be subscribed to Insider so you get that guide and you can right away master all of the new features. Yeah, so iphonelife.com slash podcast discount to get $5 off your annual subscription to Insider. All right, thank you all for your patience as we uh, told you about all the new stuff coming your way. And we want to read some comments from our listeners. Our last two podcast episodes uh, were about the story of iPhone life. We had our founder of iPhone life, Hal Goldstein, come onto Mm -hmm. the show. And we got a lot of really nice emails from listeners of people who either are really longtime iPhone life fans Uh, customers or just enjoyed the story and so we wanted to share some of the highlights with you and we were really glad that everyone enjoyed the podcast because we were going a little bit out of our (laughs) usual format and so we weren't you know weren't sure what all of you would think so here's one what a treat to see how goldstein speak in your podcast i always wondered who how was and why a magazine focused on hp products was originating in iowa I've been a subscriber ever since I purchased that small clamshell HP 200 device long, long ago. (laughs) I stuck with iPhone Life in part for the same reason I stayed with the same dental office location. 
uh, inertia, but also because I sense this is a special group. And it remains to this day a very special group of people putting this together. Thank you. Do you think they have a really special dentist? (laughs) I remember when Hal eventually folded and sent me a personal letter with a cash refund for the balance of the subscription. An extraordinary guy. We could use him in the White House. (laughs) I wish you all well. Kenny Rubin. Um, we have another one from Marianne. This is my favorite podcast. It's so interesting and fun to listen to. I love learning the backstory and what a truly good and kind man the founder is. I learned about iPhone life by accident. I noticed it in the magazine rack of a stop and shop grocery store here in New Jersey. Now I'm a lifetime member. Thank you for this episode. Uh, one more, uh, two more, but these are short ones. Hello, I love iPhone life. I'm a very new subscriber, just a week or so now. I enjoy the tips of the day, love the podcast, and I'm a recent insider subscriber. I really enjoyed the two-part interview with Hal and how iPhone life came about. Always neat to find out how somebody starts their business, what challenges they faced, how they overcame those, and how they evolved. Keep up the great work. Keep those how-to's coming, (laughs) tip of the days, et cetera. Your passion for your work is evident, Carolyn. I really enjoyed hearing the backstory from Hal. You have always felt like family, and it was great hearing a more personal side. Keep up the great work, Steve. Thank you. So nice to hear from all of you. And we got a whole, we got so many, and thank you guys so much. We really do read them all and appreciate hearing from you. And it was really fun hearing about from the really long-time subscribers. We have so many people who have been around since the 80s, which is just crazy. Yeah. Um, so thank you all for uh, emailing us. And if you, had, if you didn't get a chance to check out the last two episodes, like Donna said, they're very different. They're just sort of our origin story and how we came to be a magazine based in the middle of Iowa. Uh, and so make sure you check them out. They're fun. Yes. So now let's get into talking about the rumors for the iPhone. Yes. Thanks for sticking around, everyone. So the first thing we want to talk about is just when this event is taking place and when you can get your new iPhone. As I said at the beginning of this episode, Apple hasn't actually officially released the date, but it's looking pretty certain that it's going to be Tuesday, September 10th. Usually Apple holds it at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And the reason that we're pretty set on this date is one is based on previous years. That's when it would be expected. But also because in the iOS 13 beta code, there was some little piece of information that said something about a September 10th event. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so funny. I didn't know that. And that then it would be 10 days later would be the shipping date for the iPhones. So September 20th is when we're expecting the iPhones to start shipping. Um, so, exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. And a little bit about what we do to cover these events, because that'll be coming up. Uh, we do a live Facebook commentary throughout the event. So first of all, Apple live streams these events. You can watch them on your Apple TV, on Safari browser, uh, if you have a computer, on your on your iPhone or iPad. Um, so watch along with us and join the Facebook group, and we'll have live commentary throughout. If you aren't on the Facebook group, it's also just a really fun place. People, you can come to us with your questions, and the group will answer them, and you get to kind of interact with other iPhone enthusiasts. So mm-hmm. make sure you join the Facebook group group uh, we'll link to in the show notes at iphonelife.com slash podcast or if you just find iphone life magazine on the face on facebook they'll you'll be able to find the group from there uh immediately after the event donna and i will have a live reaction podcast live reaction being we will give our reactions i think we're going to move away from the live podcast because 
uh, it's a little, a little easier format to have it be do this way. But uh, we'll do a podcast immediately after the event. That'll be our next podcast. So make sure you tune in for that coverage as well. And of course, go to iPhoneLife.com for all of our recap of the event. Did I miss anything? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, just if you go to iPhoneLife.com slash podcast, that's where we have all of our podcast episodes. And in the blog post for this one, we will include a link on how to watch the Apple events. I'll make sure to link to that okay. here because we have some posts on like mm-hmm. whether you want to watch it on your Apple TV or your iPhone or computer, we can tell you how to do that. Um, and yeah, so definitely follow along with our live coverage. We are getting excited for that. Let's talk about iPhone 11 rumors. We did a po- we did a episode like about two months ago where we okay. talked about this, but um, there have been updates to the rumors since then. One that stayed the same that we talked about last time was this was the camera upgrades, which seemed to be the most mm-hmm. substantial updates upgrades that I've been seeing. And, and that feels pretty definitive. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I've already we already started seeing cases in the office from from companies that are making cases based on this form factor. So I think the industry in general is very sure of this happening. So what? Okay, so there's gonna be three cameras. Why? Three cameras. Well, first of all, also three models of the iPhone. Like, oh, okay. So the names are apparently iPhone 11, iPhone 11 Max, and then potentially an iPhone 11 Pro. I've been hearing the word Pro thrown around a lot. Yeah, lately. and that would like that'd be interesting since there's the iPad Pro, there's the MacBook Pro. It kind of makes sense that the iPhone would have a Pro mm-hmm. version, but to me it seems like Pro and Max would you'd think would be like either or, but maybe <laughs> not. Like, is there going to be iPhone 11 Pro Max? In general, I feel like Apple's branding around the naming structure of their devices is just terrible. I'm sorry, yeah. but it is like. It's so confusing to have like a 10R, a 10S, a 10S Max, and now like. And there might be an 11R. 11R, 11 Pro, and the R like doesn't really stand for anything. It's really weird and confusing. Yeah, I think Apple's created a little bit of a mess with that. Um, so that's four different names we threw out there, but all the rumors I've been reading have been saying there'll be three. There'll be three okay. different models, and that only the Pro will have the three. Um, lenses mm-hmm. that the iPhone 11 will still just be a double lens camera. Okay. And, uh, the... and that the pro version would apparently it would make the portrait mode photos. It would even better mm-hmm. and also allow for like better wide angle photography and maybe something with machine learning too. I'm, I'm not totally sure. I'm really um, hoping they have machine learning. I mean, I, I kind of complained about this when they announced iOS 13, they didn't talk about it. Google has done amazing things with machine learning for computational photography where they have a low light mode that instead of using a flash, it actually just uses AI to make the photo, enhance the photo. And it's unbelievable. And the fact that Apple hasn't done anything like that, I really think they're falling behind. Yeah, I think so too. I I should link to that video too. David showed me some, uh, a video like about this feature that was really impressive because i still think the low light photos on the iphone are not that great yeah they're not it's one of the areas it's lacking in and portrait mode is not is like far from perfect I yeah think especially you were saying like with curly hair it's hard to <laughs> <laughs> uh it's like the edges are not that good 
Do you use portrait mode? I love portrait mode. So I think it's far from perfect, but but it's worth it because when you get the photo, it's like amazing. I got I know. my nephew was in town and he had his third birthday and I I got some just amazing photos and there was like literally 10 people taking photos and like everybody just used mine because I used portrait mode and it looked amazing. So it it's worth it. My main complaint for portrait mode though is that it's like finicky. You have to be just the right distance. Yeah, and if you're and a little bit too close, to yeah, you're a little bit too close. It doesn't work. You're a little too far. It doesn't work. And I actually find the cues to be confusing. Like it'll just be like, it's not working. It doesn't say take a step backwards. Yeah, it's true. And so I'm always like moving the camera back and forth and like honing in on the right distance. But then like you can't capture a moment quickly like that. Yeah. So there's a lot of room for improvement. I agree with that. Another thing that I um that I have heard about the triple camera is that it could allow for even better optical zoom. Mm -hmm. Right now, with the double lens allows you to do a two-time zoom without losing any resolution, and that might go even further with the pro version of the iPhone that has a triple camera. And that's a really nice feature. I mean, I enjoy that right now with my iPhone 10. Yeah. I, I use it quite a bit. In general, I feel like people underappreciate the cameras. I think that people think, well, I don't know how many photos am I really taking, but like it's really nice to carry around a camera in your pocket and it's really nice to have that be high quality cuz you're able to capture so many memories that are like invaluable. And so yeah. I always encourage people to go for the premium iPhones in part because of these cameras. So I'm really excited about the cameras. Now, it's a little weird though because the Pro, I'm assuming, is going to be the standard iPhone size. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? I think so. So there's no Pro Max. Like, you're going to have to choose, for those who love bigger screens, they're going to have to choose between a bigger screen or all of the Pro features. Is well, that there correct? There might be a Pro Max. I don't know. <laughs> That's, I, feel like I feel like the naming and what exactly the three models will be, like, I have not all the rumors were consistent on that. Mm -hmm. But I was reading something in Bloomberg, I think, that was talking about potential for a Pro Max. Which, okay, good. So it, it could be, like, have the best camera and also be huge. I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. Uh, and Bloomberg is a very reliable source, typically, so. Yeah. So, um, but, like, all of the mock-ups for the new iPhones have this big bump on the back. Even, mm -hmm. even if they don't all have the triple camera, it seems like Apple is doing a different design. Interesting. With the camera that's sort of, like, letting the camera stick out a little bit a lot of articles have been like making fun of how ugly it looks like i feel like personally i don't care that much as if if the camera features are worth it yeah then i don't care if it sticks out a little bit i get so but. i mean i'm very opinionated on this point and i i get I, every time we talk about it, i get really annoyed because i feel like phones and technology in general should be functional first. And if this is the most functional way to have a camera, like we'll all deal with a little bit of a bump. And I think a lot yeah. of times people complain about change. Like I think everyone freaked out about the, the quote unquote notch, which mm -hmm. is the sensors on the front of the phone. And I think it looks fine. And I think it's we've all gotten deal. used to it now. So I, I think everyone's gonna, I'm getting out ahead of this one. Everyone's gonna be like, the phone's ugly. And so I'm already complaining against those people complaining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so other rumors I've heard of was that the, it might be a matte finish. Did you hear that? I haven't that, yet. That the back of the phone might be more of like a matte finish with the Apple logo being sort of like iridescent rainbowy. Oh, interesting. Uh, that was also like in the uh, the latest Bloomberg article I read. Um, and so that I thought might be nice in terms of like less fingerprints if mm -hmm. you're not putting a case on the back of your phone. I really hope Apple goes back 
to the metallic back. That's one of my few complaints with the newer phones is the glass backs. I have to have a, a screen protector on now. Whereas before, yeah. when it was a metallic back, I actually felt pretty safe only having a glass screen protector on the front and not having a case on the back. And so... And like now that's not a good option No, anymore. you can't do it. I, I don't understand why you put glass on the back of a phone. It makes it no sense to pretty, me. It looks pretty, but that's yeah, about it. But not when you have to cover it up. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Uh, another rumor is that the base storage is going to be start at 128 gigabytes instead oh, of 64, thank, which thank would be amazing. God. Yeah. Um, I mean, 64 is not terrible. Like... It used to be 32 gigabytes was the baseline, but still 128 would be much better. 64 is not terrible. I have the 64, uh, but it's just barely good enough where I'm still having to think about my storage a little bit. And storage has gotten so cheap that like 128 is the would be the model that most people would be fine with. Like very few people need more than 128 gigs. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of what Apple's doing, and we'll probably talk about this more once the phones come out, is it used to be they'd come out with one phone and the way they would get you is you could not have a phone that only had eight gigabytes of storage. So everybody had to pay to upgrade their phone to the second or third storage options. I think what they're trying to do now is have three versions of phones. And so what you're doing is you're paying to upgrade to better phones as opposed to paying to upgrade for better storage on the cheaper phones. Mm, Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. And I'm really happy about it because I've always felt like annoyed. You hear one price for a phone, but it turns out that's for a storage level that's not a good option. Yeah. And so you're like, actually, this phone's $100 more than they say it is, basically. Yeah, exactly. Or $200 more than they say it is. But this, you're right. Now it's more like this is what it costs. If you want the better phone, you have to pay more. Yeah. Instead of like if you want more storage, which somehow feels like you're being cheated. And it's nice too because the cheaper phones are still very serviceable. Like they're great phones. And so they're great options. Whereas before Apple's cheapest model, which some people just went with because they didn't, you know, they either didn't know better or they didn't want to pay for upgrades. You really couldn't get away with eight gigabytes of storage. Like everybody who had those phones that I knew was just struggling constantly to like yes. remove stuff from their phone to deal with storage, and it like takes time and it's a hassle. So like daily storage, yeah, <laughs> nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> um, other rumors. This was a cool one that I hope is true: is bilateral wireless charging, so you can use your iPhone to charge your airpods or uh another iphone or things like that mm-hmm. so it's like two-way wireless charging uh, yeah that one i've seen pretty consistently and it seems kind of like out like one of those rumors that would be out there and wouldn't actually happen but i'm thinking it maybe will. i like it for the airpods i'm trying to imagine a world in which like i'm charging one iphone from another iphone yeah it that seems, seems less weird practical, really what it as seems an AirPods like owner i'd be into that yeah it seems like my partner is going to be like make me give her battery life from my <laughs> phone so i'm not excited about that reality <laughs> but i'm excited yeah. to charge my own airpods with my own iphone this and not is, tell her about this feature <laughs> this feature is going to be bad for relationships yeah seriously like, um, my battery's low. What's your battery at? <laughs> it's going to be so annoying. <laughs> yeah, that does sound really annoying, actually. So overall, my feeling is that this is a little bit of an incremental upgrade for the iPhone. The camera does seem significant. But beyond that, we're going to get a fast, faster processor. You know, it'll be a little bit faster in general, probably. But the form factors, 
expected to be the mm-hmm. same. Maybe there'll be a different finish on the back, but I'm not hearing anything that seems like a huge game changer. What about, what do you think? I mean, in general, it's supposed to be a pretty large update because Apple traditionally they do the S model, which is an incremental one. And then like when they switch to the new number, like the iPhone 5S was an incremental and then the 6 was a large update. So this should be a larger update. But I agree. I mean, the camera, I think, will be a big deal. Hopefully, we'll have some new AI features that we're excited about. The faster processors are always nice. But, like, it does feel a little bit like we've been talking about this for a while. Like, we're entering into a new era of Apple where the updates for iPhone are always incremental. And Apple's growth strategy as a company is shifting more towards services and accessories and diversifying their revenue streams. So, I don't know. I think you're right. But I hope you're wrong. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess, I mean... A huge camera update is not an S level change. It's not. Yeah, it, is, it is a big deal. It is a change deal. in form factor. I mean, the, so the I don't think the phone's going to be thinner or like maybe different dimensions, but the, that back camera will make it so you need like new cases and everything. It, yeah, it's a change in form factor, but not necessarily in a good way. Yeah. Like it's not usually when we talk about like a major update of an iPhone, it's like they made it thinner or look way substantially different in a positive direction. Whereas here it's like, you know, I'm defending the, the camera, but I don't think that's like, oh, thank goodness they're adding a camera to it. Like, now my phone's beautiful. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're going to have to get new accessories and stuff. Yeah. And, and annoying. It's annoying. And part of me wonders, like, you know, Johnny Ive left the company. And I think part of it is he's probably feeling frustrated at not being able to completely reinvent the iPhone every couple of years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Are you planning on, like, based off these rumors, do you think you'll buy the new iPhone? You know, I am, but largely it's because I skipped it a year. Um, yeah, a little that's where bit. I'm at. Yeah, like I, last year, the 10s just, it seemed like it didn't have anything that made me inspired to update from the 10. Mm-hmm. I skipped a year, but now my 10 feels like it's nearing the end of its like useful life. The battery is not great. I'm having some trouble with my port where it doesn't charge properly. Oh, really? It feels like it's struggling to manage iOS 13 that well. Uh, you this know, is where I start believing in like conspiracies where like as soon as I put iOS 13 on my iPhone 10, it the battery has been like pretty bad. Yeah. Well, and I don't <laughs> think it's a conspiracy. I think that like Apple designs, I mean, there's a positive and negative spin on it. The positive spin is Apple designs its operating system with its new phones in mind. Mm -hmm. They are trying to get the most out of an operating system, which therefore requires great processors. That's the positive spin. The negative spin is they are not typically – and I think iOS 12 was an exception to this. Yeah. They don't typically – care that much if it slows down older phones and some people argue that they're kind of doing that intentionally to get you to update new phones i don't think that's a conspiracy theory like it definitely slows down old phones it definitely messes up the battery and it's a they're trying to make a profit so it makes sense they want to push you a little bit into getting the new yeah planned obsolescence yes so i've definitely noticed that too so i'm i'm gonna plan on getting the new the new phone. And I think like genuinely I'm excited about the camera features. I was a little disappointed to read that probably only the pro version will have the triple camera. Yeah. Um, which makes me think that maybe I will get the pro. Yeah. I mean, I know that like we're enthusiasts here. So yeah. like for a lot of people, it's a budget concern for us. We do this for a living and we want great phones, but, uh, I will be shocked if I don't get the pro, like I'll be shocked if I am 
if my recommendation when I write my op-ed after the announcement, because I do an op-ed every time, is if my recommendation is not to buy the, the Pro, I'll be shocked. Because it just <laughs> seems like the camera is going to be great. And it seems like they're going to pack a lot of really awesome features that make it worth the extra investment. I know. I'm curious what else they'll have in there. I haven't read many other details about it. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Um, let's talk about the Apple Watch. The Apple Watch... I've read some interesting things about that it might not actually be like a full Series 5 Apple Watch. Series 4 was last year. But that it might be like they're calling like Series 4 and a half. That it'll just be um, edition models of the Series 4 mm. Series four with titanium and ceramic casing options. Which were like older, I, older Apple Watches had edition models that were more expensive and you could get ceramic Gotcha. Um, and with last year, they didn't have those options. And so they might just be doing that, which sounds like a little lame to me personally. It's like, oh, OK, you can get a more expensive series. For yeah, 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 yeah. Like, is ceramic that appealing? I mean, I always thought it was silly for the Apple Watch. Like, I always opted for the cheapest Apple Watch model because it's like, who cares? Yeah. Uh, and it, the, the counter to that is like the cheapest model always looks great. Um, so I don't care at all. But I will say, I mean, I'm, first of all, I felt like last year was a pretty major update for Apple Watch. Like yes. they made the screen bigger, it was thinner, better. The design's better. much nicer. Yeah. It's 30% thinner, I think. Yeah, yeah, faster, all of that stuff. So that's not surprising that it's a more of an incremental update, if any. That being said, I'm still running the OG Apple Watch, and I'm so ready to upgrade. Hey, David, so I'm sad, <laughs> says the person who's not wearing their Apple Watch today. I know, I know. Um, but I'm, I think I'm going to have to upgrade no matter what. So I'm sad that it's not a really impressive update. We'll have to see them. Well, so that's one rumor. The other, other rumors do have some exciting features for a Series 5 that would include sleep tracking. Oh, okay. And that's something that, you know, we've been expecting for a couple of years now. Yeah. Although it does face, you do then face the challenge of unless Apple is somehow getting a way better battery in there, you have to decide whether you want to wear it at, during the day or at night because you have to charge it at some point because right now the Apple Watch barely lasts through the day. Yeah, I mean, you can. what I see a lot of people doing is just charging it at work like while they're sitting at their desk. Yeah. But, I mean, would you, outside of battery life, would you wear an Apple Watch all night? That sounds so uncomfortable to no, me. No, I wouldn't. And I also, knock on wood, generally don't have a hard time sleeping. So mm -hmm. sleep tracking doesn't have the same appeal to me as it might for other people. See, I'm in general, knock on wood, a decent sleeper, but I have a smart bed <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it gives me a report each morning of my sleeping and That's I true. really enjoy it. Like it's actually think, really, yeah. it's it's fun, it's interesting. It's also like I find it insightful because mornings- Does it seem accurate? Yeah, it does. And mornings where I thought that like, it, my perception is not always uh, what it tells me. Like there are times when I don't, I thought I slept okay. And then they're like, actually you were tossing and turning all night. It's interesting. And it's like, or yeah. like, cause it's like, it tells you light sleep, deep sleep. And so I thought I slept okay, but in reality I wasn't getting enough deep sleep. Hmm. And so I, I found it to be pretty interesting. Has it helped you at all like, in terms of tailoring habits and things like that? Like you're like, oh, I didn't sleep deeply and I think it was for this reason or... 
No. Has that been harder to No, it ha- I haven't really, it hasn't really affected my habits that much. Uh, and also, I will say, here's the counterpoint. <laughs> There's some research that shows if you think you got a good night's sleep, that you're actually more functional than if you think you didn't get a good night's sleep, regardless <laughs> of how much sleep you actually got. That makes sense. And so, like, there's a part of me that's just happier not knowing. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like... But the reverse would happen. Usually, like, you're slept worse than you thought? Or not well, well, that's my, yeah. So I'll, when I slept worse than I thought, I felt like maybe it affected me in a negative way. But sometimes the reverse would happen where, like, I'd have periods of wakefulness where I'd think, oh, I'm awake. I didn't sleep well tonight. But really, they're like, actually, you got plenty of deep sleep. You're fine. Mm. And so those days, I felt better. It's a trade-off. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, well, sleep tracking and then the, an out there rumor, which I don't think will happen, but Apple has a patent for, is a camera in the watch band oh my gosh i could care less about having a camera in my apple watch too yeah i mean it seems like creepy too because the way it would be positioned it seemed like it would be kind of like you could be taking photos in a sneaky way which Mm. seems like i don't know i could see the appeal if you wanted to facetime from an apple watch that could be fun or if it was like a decent camera too, like street photography would be cool because like i do think it's really challenging to get candid shots of people if you have like a huge DSLR or even yeah, if you're pointing yeah. your phone around. So totally. like there's non-creepy uses for taking candid, fo- taking like sneaky shots of it people. It still but feels too creepy. I don't want to be photographed creepy. without knowing it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but that the Apple Watch, I think Apple is going to announce at the September 10th event, whether it's just a small you know, ceramic version of the Series 4 or whether it's a bigger update, full Series 5, we'll see. Mm-hmm. The iPad, it doesn't look like we'll get anything for the September event, but we might get an October iPad announcement. Okay. Oh, interesting. I was reading that there was some rumors for incremental updates, but maybe that really? was for October. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I'd read was that it would most likely be um, announced in October, but Okay, and any rumors of what what will be announced in October? Yes, so I've got the iPad Pro, an, an update to the iPad Pro in October, an iPad Air and iPad Mini potentially next spring, oh, interesting. 2020, and that the 9.7 inch iPad, which is like the classic iPad size right now, that we would get a 10.2 inch version, mm. um, and that would all be in October. And potentially that the the multi lens cameras that we're getting to the in the iPhone would also come to the iPad, but those and then you know faster processors. I feel like anytime yeah. there's going to be an update yeah. upgrade, we would see that. But I didn't haven't really heard anything besides that. Like there's potential maybe for OLED screens coming to the iPad, but that would make the iPad really expensive. So I don't think that's going to happen. They are working with a new OLED manufacturer though. And mm-hmm. so that's supposed to be cheaper. Um, right now, they're relying solely on Samsung to do all their. Is it OLED or OLED? I never you, know. You can say it either way. Okay. Um, so that that would be the only update that I would actually be excited about. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, having like display. I think it's one of those things that people don't think that much about, but having a really good display just it, like changes your experience with your device. It really so much. does. And I will say. Unlike my iPhone, which I'm like frustrated by and ready for a new one, I got the iPad Pro last year, 
and I'm obsessed with it. Like I am not, there's, I'm not sitting there being like, oh my God, they need to make this faster. Like that process, it's overpowered in terms of a processor. Like that processor is being wasted on me in my <laughs> Facebook browsing. <laughs> um, so I like, while I always enjoy hearing about the updates, it feels like they really had a large update with the iPad Pro last year. And so I'd be shocked if they had another large update this year. That does make sense. Yeah, I'm curious if the 9.7-inch iPad that's going to get a little bigger, if they would improve the display in that. Because yeah. I got the 9.7-inch iPad, you know, thinking it was like a, lo a good good value. And it is. It's so much cheaper. Yeah. But the display, now that I've been spoiled with my iPhone 10 and the nice OLED display... I really noticed the difference, and it doesn't make me want to use it that much. Yeah, and I didn't think about it much when I got the iPad Pro. Like, I thought, oh, well, I have an OLED display on my phone, and this is really not going to be great. But it's like, they claim it's like a higher quality retina, and I kind of rolled my eyes when they said that. But it's a re it's an LCD display, but it's really nice. Like, yeah, the iPad I mean, Pro I've... display is great. I've with you and Rayanne, I've like looked at it and thought it, I mean, it was way, way better than the iPad I have. Yeah. Can I tell you display. what I don't care at all about, though, for the iPad? Yeah. The camera. Who takes oh, photos with their iPad? I was, I was like thinking, who walks around carrying a giant iPad to take photos? The multi lens camera for the iPad to me seems like it doesn't really make sense. It makes no sense. Yeah, so I wouldn't be that excited about that. So that wraps up our rumors portion. I have one have more. Else. Yeah, oh. the HomePod. I'm reading some rumors oh. on the HomePod. The so, HomePod, the yeah. thing that one forgets exists. Yeah, I was at my, I was, I had uh, a meal with my family, and I was telling some story about the HomePod, and nobody knew what the HomePod was, <laughs> and I was so shocked at how badly Apple has failed at marketing this product. Which actually, I love the HomePod. Um, so the HomePod, in case you don't know, is Apple's smart speaker, and w apparently they're going to release a cheaper model. The sound quality of the speaker won't be quite as good, but it'll be cheaper. And mm. I think that's the right direction for Apple. What I'm hoping they do, the rumors I heard were like two, uh, like, I can't remember the term, two tweeters instead of three or mm. whatever that term is. Sorry if I'm butchering that. So it'll still be pretty nice. What I want is a HomePod version of the Amazon Echo Dot, like 30 bucks, 40 yeah. bucks that I can put around my home because now, like we talked about earlier, I have smart home everywhere and therefore I need to control it with Siri and like I love it when I'm in my room and I can use my HomePod to control Siri, but I'm walking around the house. I don't have anything to control it with other than, you know, obviously my phone and my Apple Watch. But like uh, <laughs> I find the experience of using Siri and the HomePod so much better than using it on my phone or my Apple Watch. And also when I'm walking around the house, I often I sometimes don't have either of those on me. So I would really like a cheaper, like small dot version of it that's basically a very bad speaker but has Siri built in. Yeah. I somehow doubt this cheaper version is gonna be anywhere near that cheap, right? No. Like it's probably gonna be more like two fifty instead of three fifty. <laughs> well, I think it'll be cheaper than that, because Apple's actually reduce the price of their current model to about 250 it's gone down in oh, price a lot okay. I, i'm guessing it'll be like 150 or maybe 199 um so still very expensive though and but kind of competitive to like the higher end alexas okay interesting um any other rumors you wanted to share that's all i can think that's of like, that okay. we missed yeah so september 10th that's what we're expecting the release date to be 
and make sure to check out our coverage of that and join our Facebook group if you're not already part of it because throughout the announcement, David and I are going to be comment live commenting. You can ask your questions to us there too. We'll have a podcast that day. So stay tuned in and we'll find out if all of these rumors end up being true. And don't forget to uh, check out our iOS 13 prep uh, yes. workshop, iphonelife.com slash iOS 13 prep, and we'll teach you how to walk you through all the steps to get ready for the workshop. Don't forget to subscribe to Insider beforehand, iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. discount. Yeah, one thing we didn't really explain too is like how iOS 13 plays into all of this is that Apple, Apple debuted iOS 13 in June at their developers conference, but they release it with the new iPhone so that all the new iPhones ship with iOS 13 and at the same time they roll it out, the software update to all existing iPhones. Mm -hmm. So the September September 10th event means that it also iOS 13 is coming at that time. Yes. Um, And it doesn't necessarily mean you'll be able to update that day. A lot of times it's a week later. So we're expecting September 17th to be the day that you can update your operating system um but we'll we won't know for sure for a little while but it, at the september 4th workshop we'll get into all of this in more detail and help you get your phone all prepped for ios 13 and one thing we always forget to mention for the insider you get extended podcasts so if you're an insider stick around we've got some complaints and learning for you yes all right thank you so much for joining us thanks everyone bye